Greetings, friends, and welcome to yet another episode of the Going Rogue Gaming Podcast, a roguelike podcast where we talk about roguelike games. The Grog Pod. Uh, I am your host, a stack of villager cards in a trench coat, Scott Berger, and I'm joined by my rogues gallery of co-hosts as always. I'm the lowbrow warrior with a giant club ready to beat you, Will Wright. (laughs) And I am Colin Smith, a large stack of apples. <laughs> Today we're talking about Stacklands, the the game made by four developers from. I'm gonna. I I looked at the pronunciation guide for this too. Uh, Utrecht. Utrecht is that is 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 that passing everyone's Netherlands? I thought it was oh, yeah, yeah. Utrecht. Uh, Utrecht, Netherlands. Uh, yeah, developed by a group of four guys that call themselves the Sock Pop Collective. Oh, uh, oh, they're from Utrecht, I see. Yes, yes. Um, and from what I can tell about this developer, they they develop a lot of games. They develop a whole lot of games. I don't know how super deep any of their games are, except for this one that we're talking about today. Uh, but we'll get into it. Uh, Stacklands, released April 8th, 2022. You can find it on Steam and oh. itch.io, or itch.io, I guess people call it. Uh this one, uh, I think people are going to raise eyebrows at. This uh, rolls in at the 56th most popular roguelike on Steam. Yep, there goes Will's eyebrows, as predicted. 15,168 total reviews and the 97th percentile within the whole distribution. Colin, unfortunately, you have too many cards in your hand and you have to sell them. And by sell them, I mean you have to describe this game in one sentence uh it is a game where you stack up cards in quotes uh to make things slowly over time resource gathering building game not really a roguelike comma <laughs> comma comma run on run on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh well so i might i might fight you a little bit about roguelike versus non roguelike uh on this one but but yeah like this is this is a game that is it fair to call this a survival game like a survival farming game that's fair is it yeah i feel like it fits it's like halfway between a survival farming game and one of the like idol games like a Hmm. It, like, did you ever play that game where you like make all of the paper clips and you turn the entire universe into mm-hmm, paper clips? Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of that, but with like more of a manual dexterity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of like build your engine aspect of it. I, I feel like it, it was it was an engine building game. Yeah, for stack that had that had a, a, a survival aspect to it as well. Yeah. In this game, I think this this game is super interesting on multiple levels for me anyway, because I think I'm I'm the, like the stickler of our group where anytime like people are super hyped up to play like survival games like The Forest and or Don't Starve, I'm kind of like but somehow I've been like weirdly engrossed by this game i think i might be like the like the weird reverse outlier for this one versus those others uh 
And so describing describing Stacklands, it's a very cute, very much card game. You boot it up uh, and you're greeted with a uh, a booster pack, I think is your first item that and all you can do is you click on it. Yeah. It gives you your your starting cards that really kind of uh, set the table, as it were, uh, for what's to come. And that is cards, 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 cards. You got all kinds of things. I think the first things that that kind of pop out from from that first booster pack are like something like a tree, a berry bush, uh, you know, just sort of like basic starting resources that you use to to like put like villager card onto wood to create stick kind of thing. And for me, this is the kind of stuff that sort of like drives me up a wall with like your standard survival crafting games. But there's something about like about this that feels different enough that I'm kind of kind of vibing with it pretty hard. Did you guys have any any like immediate reactions to to like this sort of style of gameplay? Um, I'll let Will go. <laughs> well, Colin and I had a quick chat about this, and I think if I'm this is like last week, and I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was something along the lines of this didn't feel like a card game at all. Which is funny because you were just saying it's very much a card game. I mean, that's and... the only thing in the game is cards. Right. But the cards didn't feel like they, they could have been tokens. They could have been just been little like pieces on a board. Like the, uh -huh. the fact that it was a card and you could set it on top of another card didn't really do much for me. It could have also just been here's a, a circle like token and you're going to take your little like, you know, your little piece and put it on top of it. And then you're going to watch a progress bar. I mean, like yeah. the card element is just like, you know, it, it lends to stack lands, which I think. It's reminiscent of uh, Flatlands. Is that that? Does that sound about right? Or like I don't know. That's there's a a book called Flatlands. Uh, uh -huh. Flatlands. Do you do? You, that's well, that's one about like two dimensional beings or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just for some reason like it felt like a very like it was somewhat related in the sense that it was like oh yeah we have two like flat universes and like the universe is a universe of cards and it's like a very much and it's not it doesn't it's not a very doesn't make a lot of sense this universe but it does within you mm -hmm. know it within itself um but uh no i uh <laughs> i uh i thought it was a lot of watching progress bars and uh i i think it's funny that you were so into this one or like, this is the first time hearing of it whereas uh -huh. yeah like i love don't starve i did love the forest i loved a lot of these survival crafting but like those games there's tension. There's constant tension in the universe. And if you're not do, doing your build order right, then you can like get punished. Whereas this game is like, oh, well, I guess I some die dude died to starvation. I, I gotta wait another like five minutes for another dude to get created. Let me just watch <laughs> that progress bar. And it just didn't feel like that tension wasn't as real for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not a tense game. Uh, I I found it. I, I liked it. I found it to be a a zen type of game where you just kind of like you're not feeling stressed pretty much ever. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess sometimes, I guess if you're fighting stuff, uh, you, there's like a spike of tension, but most of the time it's just like casually, slowly building your way up towards uh, a more efficient village, but, uh, and trying to like move your cards around. And like, I, I feel like, the further on in the game, the less it felt like specifically card-based anything. Uh, the most card-driven aspect of it was the literal booster packs. They called them <laughs> card packs. And it's uh, 
the randomly generated items that you get out of them. And sometimes you get the rare thing and sometimes, you know, you get uh, what you want. Sometimes you, you just get another rock or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which that was like a very card themed thing. But pretty much the goal of the game for my playthrough was to make it so that I never have to buy those anymore. You try and get consistent sources of re- or sources of resources and get it to the point where those are a bad way of getting anything. Like there's nothing in them that's good enough that you keep buying those things. Mm-hmm. And you don't shuffle your cards ever. So, so it's a game so of self-reliance it a, for you? It can, hmm? So it's a game of self-reliance then and the attempt to become self-reliant and not yeah, be dependent a, on these packs. I mean, it, like, a, like in a lot of the, the survival farming type games, it's a, you're trying to gain resources and you're trying to build something that's like a self-producing thing that you're not like hunting and gathering. Um, like, I think that you could have, like, I enjoyed it. I think I could have enjoyed it the same amount if it was tokens or mm-hmm. if it was uh, a 3D thing where you're living on a little island um i don't think it would have fundamentally changed the gameplay in a lot of ways uh so i i feel like they 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 started off real strong on the like this is cards and this is stacks of cards but i don't think that it really did anything with that in terms of like changing the gameplay radically they didn't even have very many card-based puns like come on (laughs) (laughs) right Actually, call call to your point. Like, I'm just imagining like if this game was it was a 3D game and there was like literally like a little forest, a little 3D icon for a forest, and you said like you know there's a little village and you're like your your dude just runs out and goes and collects things in the forest and runs back. That would have been the same sort of progress bar as like putting the card just the thing card on top of another card and watching that progress bar advance as well. I mean, this is like the same concept, right? I mean, I, I guess it's interesting in that it's different from that norm yeah, because there, we've seen that a, a lot. There was a lot more, uh, the other unique thing about the card stuff is there was a lot more uh, location management because you could move the cards around on this large board mm, and yeah. eventually you do start running out of space and you're kind of like pushing the cards around uh, to make sure you have space and all of that, um, which was novel, but I don't think it was very rewarding. Like it felt like a, it was interesting at first mm-hmm. and then you would get it all perfectly set up and then some card would like pop out on top of it and it would mess up all of the perfect organization. <laughs> and then like, it was fun to do it the first time. And the second time it was less fun. And the third time yeah. it was a chore. And I think that like that, I agree that it was, it was like frustrating when you would like open up a booster pack and it like a chicken would jump out. In a very traditional chicken fashion, it's just like running around your little playmat, like un- uncontrolled or un- unhoused, I guess. And A, I thought that like, I-, I I thought it was like kind of funny a little bit that like the little chicken card was just like jumping around and like pooping out eggs every so often. I'm like, no, that, like that fits the personality of a chicken, I feel like, uh, in card form. Uh, and it... I think that like that helps to incentivize like, oh, I need to figure out a way to like pen in these animals that I have that are just running amok all over my little card village here. Because otherwise, yeah, like they're going to mess up the placement of my wood pile and then like the stick pile that I have right next to it and like all of my neat little organization of stuff. Um, But also like throughout the course of the game, 
you will be invaded by little strange portal cards that a little red card will pop up on your play mat and then it'll say uh oh this doesn't seem good uh and the progress bar will like tick down and at the end of that monsters will pop out of it and they will like like hop around your your little village in a similar chicken fashion to like hunt down your villagers and yeah like i i agree that like oh my god you know it's it's annoying that like my village is getting pushed around and stuff but i think that i like that it does even that it is annoying because i think that it fits like it adds it adds something to like tension about like no my like my legos are all getting blown up by this you know this uh this monster force here but what's also funny is like i wound up uh like a like i'm also i think i'm also like kind of bad at this game i think huh. i'm getting better but i i think i may have like lost all of my villagers like five or six times so for me it's felt very roguey in that sense um but like monsters you know you're fighting off like a wave of monsters they spawn into your into your base and i got creative by creating i had like this enormous uh stack of carrots like i don't know yes like 30 or 40 like carrots long just this huge stack and i just like started creating like walls of carrots to like keep the monster force from like getting close to my villagers because i was waiting for some kind of like sword or like item to finish crafting on the other side of the table wait I'm, can like, they not can they not push their way through the, the big stack of carrots they can but it it slows them down some oh that's fascinating i didn't <laughs> <laughs> and so like i don't think that's this like was the good, intention. that's a good emergent behavior yeah like i don't think this was this was the intended behavior of the system but <laughs> it, carrot wall <laughs> yeah but like it i was like okay like this is this is like a fun little thing that's fallen out of like this this wacky setup that we have here uh so with my big wall of carrots i was finally able to like get the the magic sword crafted that i was able to put on my villagers and then i okay now i have like a good fighting force to fend off these goblins but it was it was like a real like clock ticking down moment where i'm like you know i've i've been like beaten up by these goblins like twice now it's not going to happen again i'm going to make do everything i can to get in their way to do this there's like there's other ways that you can cheese it too but i thought that that was at least a little funny that way yeah i lost my first village and then there was like one point early on that i almost lost my second village but then after a while i got to the point where i I'm not losing. I can I could choose to enter the the boss the last boss fight before I'm ready, but I don't think that there's anything that's coming out of the the portals that could hurt me. Mm -hmm. uh, and they get better over time, but I'm getting proportionally more better than those are. And I I didn't I didn't beat the end boss just because I was like uh, I see where this is going. It's just going to take me like four to five minutes more of like. Yeah. grinding to make sure I have all the right equipment and like grow some more people and blah 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 and I cheated and looked at what the ending was to figure out <laughs> what was going on um and it's just like yeah the the combat's not engaging enough for mm -hmm. me to feel like I like I had already optimized a lot of my village already like that was the fun part it's like I I, I I did enjoy this game I enjoyed the 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 figuring out how to minimize that randomness and then the movement like you say like oh i loved watching chickens it's like i killed every animal that popped out of my path <laughs> immediately because they moved my cards around and that like, ruined my perfection 
and I built a, a farming system on the one side and I had a stack of apples through the mm -hmm. roof because like that was a, a, a contained way of growing stuff and in the early er, earlier game before you could uh, set up pastures and stuff to, to do animal farming. Uh, wow, you played very, very different. You would have hated, I think I showed you this at one point, I took a screenshot, but you would have hated my gameplay because you're talking about the chickens bouncing all over the place. Well, tell you what also the chickens do, they give you exponential growth because the more chickens you have, <laughs> the more eggs they have, you put the more eggs under more chickens mm -hmm. and you get more chickens. And so I had about half of my game board, like 28 chickens oh, running wow. around, <laughs> just scattering everywhere. Well, you and also I didn't learn, you're like, we're using the wrong booster packs and you never got the like thing to let you smelt iron well yeah because i thought the armory was the thing that might have like eventually get, like for some reason i put like armory smelter like all that mm -hmm. stuff like under one like sort of like like i had no idea which pack to get the, like the smelting stuff from so i exhausted all of the armory first so i never had any challenges with like combat <laughs> i'm just like yeah all my dudes have all this armor and weapons you want to fuck with me all right well mm -hmm. and so I'm i just felt sure like it was that, super but you couldn't make any of it like I looked well, you, at your board. Every time, uh, every time you beat someone, or every time that something comes out and you kill it, or yeah. you you get something, and also like out of the packs you get something. So everyone was just like fully equipped. Right, but you weren't getting it through. You could have not opened a single one of those weapon packs, and you gotten all the weapons from fighting off goblins and whatnot. Well, yeah, that's that's probably true. But I got both, you know, because I got the yeah. pack and the, so it was just like a I had like stacks of all my weapons and gear, and so the, I, as as I learned. The, the best strategy, and this is one of my kind of like annoyances about this game, is that the best strategy is the one that's the most annoying because it takes the most clicks, is to have all your guys have be naked. And then once you see the threat, because <laughs> because the gameplay is essentially rock, paper, scissors. You've got mm -hmm. archery, you've got melee, and you've got uh, wizardry, and they're all rock, paper, scissors with each other. So if you have something that's a melee come out, you're like, oh, great. Well, I'm just going to get archers. And so you take your most powerful archery stuff, you put it on your dudes that are available, and then you attack it. And that's like 30 clicks. And it's just like, oh, my God. I'm always pausing the game, making all these clicks, unpausing, and it's just like, yeah, that's optimal, but wasn't fun. Yeah. And I couldn't stand not being optimal, you know, in a <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the, this game is not really an optimizer game. Did you pause it? Like, oh, yeah, I paused it, but... I was like, pausing every half second, it felt like. I, every I mean, notification, everything that happened, mm -hmm. I'd be like, what's going on? I need to I'll, perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. I didn't really realize it was a rock, paper, scissors thing <laughs> until you told me. I had played it for like 10 hours. And I was like, I don't know. I'll just throw more guys at them and eventually they win. <laughs> a perfectly um, valid strategy. Like, I just kind of was like, yeah, I just hang out. Let my village grow slowly. Uh, build my little, like, ore engine down in the corner and my, my apple engine up in the other corner and uh grow up for a while and like i like watching the progress bars go up i have played like a cookie clicker type game where it's literally the whole game is just watch bar go up mm -hmm. get different thing that makes bar go up faster and get satisfaction from from bar go up i mean that's uh, factorio in a sense but it's just like this is a very uh, this is a little less industrial than much Factorio. less yes <laughs> yeah but it does have that element of the thing pops out and it can pop out if you put things in the right place into the next thing and that's yeah. like the yeah. most industrialized you can get i mean i had it basically so i only had to do every once in a while i would go and grab like the the weird like flint that comes out of the rock mine instead of rock sometimes and that like started cluttering it up if i didn't like take care of it but mm -hmm. eventually i had it so just like the cards would pop from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Um, but I, I, so 
I'm going to say, I don't think that this is a roguelike game. Me either. Like, I think He's that not. even if you, like, so even if it was more difficult and we, we were doing multiple runs of it, mm-hmm. the runs are the same. Yeah. There's no, there's no randomization of the board. There's the randomization of what you get in the card packs, but you, they're cheap enough that you can run through it again and you're expected to get everything from them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really disagree with that specifically. And I was trying to like, and I think that like where I was coming down with like, oh, it feels it feels roguelikey to me were was like the gameplay loop of A, the fact that I was bad and I was dying a whole bunch at the start, but B, that you have like a decent level of like meta progression. So in this game, you have like there's like a little um pop-up menu on off to the side. And you have two tabs on it with quests and ideas. And ideas are basically like, oh, here's like you've unlocked the recipe to craft this uh, this house, or like here's how to make cooked meat or a coin chest or something. Like here's here's how you you build out this thing. And I feel like that that's like the most roguey element of this game to some degree of like, okay, like here's my meta progression. Now I know how to make the sword. So the next time, like if I do fuck up and die, then like, oh, like I know exactly how to shortcut to like go and get that sword and like go and beat the goblins and like be be better the next time around. Um, I think after like the third or fourth run that I've started, I'm still on the same run now. And I'm I'm like crossing that threshold of like, okay, yeah, I'm snowballing and I I really can't be stopped at this point. Um, where yeah, like to your point, like it, it kind of stops being a roguelike game at that in that sense. Um, and yeah, like every every run will be the same where you're like, okay, I've got to go from farming to like building a stable portal so I can go and like grind through the dark forest and get rewards from that and magic dust and blah 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 and all that. Um well let me let me pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. Is Age of Empires a roguelike game? No. Why not? You are gaining you're you're doing runs of the game. Uh-huh. It's a randomized map. You're gathering resources and you're going towards some sort of end game. Is Age of Empires is Age of Empires have a randomized map? Uh, Age of Empires two, the multiplayer is like semi-randomized maps. Yeah, they're like yeah. or Civ five or any of the Civilization games that falls under that same sort of paradigm, right? Sure. Uh, I'll I'll not answer your question and fire back at you with a different question. Very well. How does how does this game compare to Agricola? Colin, you've played Agricola before, right? Yeah, that board game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very for so Will, have, you probably haven't played Agricola. No, I <laughs> uh, it is it is a very uh crunchy multiplayer board game, but I guess it can be played solitaire, right? Uh yeah, I don't think it's as good. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure that there's single player rules for it, mm-hmm. but yeah. But it's similar, right? In the sense that like you have it's it's very card driven uh maybe not run based necessarily but you know you have like villagers trying to keep your villagers alive and i forget what like i forget the scoring mechanism in agricola specifically but i guess it's more about like like resource based than fighting monsters and killing goblins and stuff yeah i feel like so i i i too have thought about like what is it that 
like this didn't feel like a roguelike game to me. And I, yeah. I, I did have a little bit of like, why doesn't it feel like that to me? And I think it's because assuming it was harder, like if I, if, if I had a harder time with it and I did 10 runs before I felt like I beat it, I don't think that those 10 runs would feel substantially different from each other. Right. Like you'd end up with, a, like my goal would be to have the exact same build each time or to optimize towards a build. So we'll, we'll talk about Factorio before. And I think that's like Factorio, you can like literally copy blue blueprints from an old base and every, mm -hmm. like you might be iterating on like what the best way to build this factory is, but that's iterations of like your own internal design, not of the game world. Uh, you're not being given different opportunities. You're not being given different resources. Like if you take something like Stacklands could be a roguelike game if it was like, and in this game, you just won't have berries. Yeah. Like or where you have like a, a, the non-berry island or this game, you're going to have only rabbits and no chickens. And so your, your experience would be different. You'd have to like, build out a different economy because you lack certain resources mm. or something like that. So yeah. different synergistic archetypes is like what I'm looking for in a roguelike. And yeah. if it doesn't have that, it's not a roguelike in my opinion. Well, I mean, like to split hairs, like if we if we wanted a data-driven approach, my my data set says that this game is like only 6% of the Steam tags come out to something that that are roguelike in nature, which yeah. I feel like that 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 sounds about right. Where like more yeah. more things that you would associate that are standards of the genre, like your your Hades, your Binding of Isaacs, or Cogmines, you know, very, very kind of different game flows, like those are more kind of like in the 15 to 20%. And that that kind of feels that feels right for those kinds of games. This being like six percent on that very you know it's it's so this game is a card battle or card battler management survival game with like just like a dash like a little right yeah so like it's i i would say for me if you had to be like is this game a roguelike game yes or no i would say no but it's yeah. definitely more of a roguelike game than super mario uh, <laughs> yeah uh or even agricola like skyrim yeah like agricola clearly not a roguelike but like uh i feel like if yeah if you if you had a gun gun to my head and said like between like a, a digitized version of agricola versus stacklands which one's the roguelike like i guess i would have to say stacklands but yeah again like i don't i also don't know that it, it really matters at this point because like for for what it's worth, like games that there's like there it's a big spectrum, right? It's like with with shooter games, you know, which which shooter game is like the closest to Doom? Do you guys remember like the whole like fervent craze with like games being called Doom likes back in the yeah. in the nineties? Vaguely, but I I feel like I've read more about it than yeah than experienced it, but yeah. We're like, oh, this game is this game is not a Doom like. It's a it's a shooter game. It's like, okay, or, that's or fine. Like, or when like when we were in high school, it's like it's the Halo killer. Like, yeah, this yeah. is the new Halo. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was definitely a thing for a while. Like, is this the first person shooter game? Yeah. How does so Stacklands? Uh, 
I think like the the quest system in this game is very interesting to me because it doesn't. So in one of your like your little sidebar menu thing, you open up the the quest tab, and there's lots of question marks there to start. I think this is another kind of element of like the roguey nature to it of like exploring what those things are and like oh well, like what the hell you know you have some like hints sprinkled throughout of like explore the dark forest like there's a dark forest in this game like build a stable portal like there's portals like where am i portaling to there's like a sense of i think mystery to it that as you are building out your your village and finding those cards and fighting monsters to get those cards yeah it's it's basically going to be the same experience every time but i feel like that first time that you go through you're going yeah. through those quests and like unlocking those things of like grow a berry bush like well like how the hell do i do that you know um that kind of process of unlocking those things that that meta progression uh step does feel pretty roguey to me so for me it wasn't a meta progression though it was just a regular progression like sure. i okay. unlocked almost everything in my first playthrough Mm -hmm. And I died because I was like, huh, I wonder what happens if you if you put this golden chalice in the temple. And it's like, mm -hmm. and I like some some pop-up appears. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then, like <laughs> the devil appears or whatever. Uh -huh. And just like absolutely murders everyone, like not even close. Yeah. Uh but and, and, like I built that way before I should have. Like I hadn't unlocked a lot of stuff, but uh I I enjoyed that progression. Uh but I didn't get that sense of truly like a meta progression. I mm -hmm. got it as a sense of like, here's some, some quest lines that are halfway between quests and hints on how you should be playing the game up to, up to the end game of, of, of it, where you kind of understand how the, how, how new things are, are generated and new ideas. So eventually you can just, like buy new ideas and they'll just like pop out recipes yeah uh when you're just like swimming in money <laughs> i do like, like the uh i do like the concept where like if you have like a gold chest you can just drag it onto like your little university building yeah and then like oh it'll generate an idea for you like i like there's a lot of little ideas like that in this game that just like you said in a very like zen like chill it's a, it's a chillax game it's a very chillax card management game where things uh, like that like you know hey university i'm gonna pay you some money give me an idea that i haven't discovered yet or like you know and the ideas are the things that um that are yeah like your little uh crafting recipes like oh i haven't discovered this crafting recipe before that looks interesting oh i have all the resources to build it i'll try that and oh like it's unlocked this kind of aspect of the tech tree for me like those are like the little charm elements that I'm like, mm, it, you know, it feels like a nice little warm blanket and like a mug of cocoa to me. Scott, have you played uh, or heard of Dwarf Romantic? Uh, I have heard of it. Hey, this is a G-rated. Uh, <laughs> this is absolutely the most G-rated game. It's uh -huh. like build a beautiful uh, landscape. Yeah. With like little little houses and and cute little cartoony trees and and you have uh, like little hexes right like yeah little settlers of Catan kind of things yeah i i'm looking at now i did not play it for very long i played for 45 minutes so uh -huh. i didn't it didn't catch my like the gameplay didn't like 
catch me immediately. Uh, and I just ha kind of haven't gone back to it, but I really like the aesthetic of it. And I'm just thinking about, I think that this would have been a better game if they didn't go with a card theme. If they just been like, what if we just make like a pretty little game with mm -hmm. hexes and, and little building tiles and uh, and, but and, then it looked like all have... the other ones. Like honestly, this <laughs> is the only differentiator is the fact that it is a card game or quote unquote card game. And so I think they did it right because otherwise this just falls into that general boring genre, or what I consider like another one of those city making games that is just like all I the just others. Want there to be good city making games. Though. I know. Don't I'm we all? Don't them. we all? Yes. <laughs> See, that's I the thing. Agree. I am a sucker. I'm, for I'm this chasing kind of that game. dream too, man. Or are like one one thing that i was like debating on putting on the uh, the candidacy list for for this podcast is um have you let's oh god what is it the um uh it's killing me that i can't remember the name of it the 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 beaver game the beaver colony management sim game oh right yeah, yeah, no, yeah. i don't know one uh timberland or timber yeah that's it timberborn 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 timberland <laughs> i had timberland. that i had that like, the, like, the like deeply early access uh-huh I'm like very into it. Uh, I basically was like, yes, I want this to be Dwarf Fortress, but with beavers instead of dwarves, like <laughs> little beavers of industry. And it wasn't quite that when I played it. I've, I've kind of kept tabs on it. It's getting closer. Yeah. You're getting there. They're adding more stuff and it's you're you're able to build more stuff now. But it's kind of like what I want. I wish Dwarf Fortress looks like in terms of like how you deal with 3D mm -hmm. things. But I guess I'll maybe also name drop uh, what we're thinking about city city or like village management like games, but on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Still pretty chill uh, though. Uh, uh, Frostpunk, I would imagine, might be something yeah. in that same that same vein. Not nearly as uh, as stress free as as Stacklands, but um, I think part of so the the sock pop collective. Uh, I'm just like scrolling through their their uh, filmography here. Uh, they got like a hundred games. Yeah, like as far as I can tell, I think they their goal is as a as a group of game devs is to a make a hundred games, and then I I want to say I was reading something about how like they start with like okay we're gonna build a hundred game prototypes and like the ones that are interesting or fun for us will like continue supporting and like make them more, more feature rich. I feel like, so Stacklands is like maybe oh, their most recent yeah. one I, and they've released one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven games since then. But Stacklands like may have been a victim of its own success where a, it's super yeah. cheap. This is like a $5 game, but B like, um, it's like more more than like three times as popular as the next game that they that they have developed. Yeah, so that uh, it's like okay, so this studio just does a lot of like game jam things. Mm -hmm. Like I could see this. This feels like a very very fleshed out game jam game. Yeah, where it's like, what if village building game but cards, and they just ran with it for a while and took it to its like most full conclusion and since it's cards it's like i imagine a pretty simple game to like get a prototype up and mm -hmm. like work your way through to a, an end game type thing and there you have it you've got your your card game 
you don't have to worry about graphics. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about like 3D animation, really. You're, the card is just bouncing around, but it's yeah. like mostly static image. I think this game more, well, I, so I'll, I'll shill for, for the Sock Pop Collective a little bit here because they have a, I think it's like a $3 Patreon where like you sub, you sub to their Patreon for three bucks and then you get access to like their whole hundred game catalog. Mm -hmm. um, I would be more inclined to do that if like, and again, I don't know how, uh, how deep any of these games are or, or if like any of them are as, as polished or as interesting to me as Stacklands. But I think for like three bucks, it's probably like easy enough to just like drop that and be like, this one looks interesting. Maybe I'll try this. Um, if I didn't have like 10,000 other games to be playing simultaneously. But uh, the, I think Stacklands might, might like have escaped their orbit a little bit, like in a good way. Like yeah. maybe like more more successful than they had anticipated, and I think that like what Stacklands maybe needs most is mod support. Yeah, that actually I I could imagine it being a good platform for a similar genre of game. I mean, you could put so many more cards in there. Yeah, like there's just having them do make different things out of a card like bar go up for a different thing is pretty easy for like me to design like mm -hmm. if they gave me all the tools uh, like i could think about it from like a gameplay perspective uh and i'm sure will could add like 10 10 stats on you know this this beats this or this does like damage over time or it's rock paper scissors but there's five different things and so it's like a you get some do some weird synergy things where you get legendary armor sets or something where you're not just waiting for the the two sides <laughs> to gradually whittle down and to, and to be only one you know um, I, i'll defend the combat system a little bit because i was uh I, I sent a like a horde of ninjas through the portal to the dark forest and like I was I was like ready for revenge time because I'm like, you know, these guys have just been ragdolling me the whole time. I finally figured out how to make make ninjas and like iron shields for them and everything. So I had like this entire stack of like decked out ninjas to like go in and they were just like ninja starring everything left and right. It felt very satisfying. Uh, but like did did either of you notice the like the um like the very effective like arrows pointing Absolutely. back and forth? Right away. <laughs> I figured as much. Not really, into my own <laughs> chagrin. But I mean, like, I saw that it happened. I just was like, eh, whatever, and I never uh -huh. bothered to like keep track of what was happening. And then you get hit a magic person, and the magic person messed you up because they was those are all classified as archers. I just did, ninjas. Are they? I ninjas. just did them ninjas through, are archers. You know, just just an even mix. Yeah, even's good. So, so they, they, they technically, just so you all know, like it isn't actually just watching two sides whittle down. You you see their side, and you know they can t attack straight across when they have even amounts, or they can attack like adjacent if they are, are mm -hmm. uneven. And so you have to just calibrate it such that all of your dudes that are tend to be better against melee or whatever tend to be fighting the thing that they're against. And so you can move your guys around do it during the battle. And so that's like that's the how you optimize gameplay. But even yeah. that isn't very satisfying for me. <laughs> I mean I've I got a little bit of of satisfaction of like moving the characters around a little bit so that like A that you know I was matching 
the sort of distribution of like, oh, they have like all their like really uh, hard hitting guys on this one side. I'll put all of my hard hitting guys on that side to match them, making sure that like to like minimize those very effective arrows like back and forth. I felt like there was there was just enough uh, cognitive load from the combat that it didn't like it, it felt right for the game's kind of pace and theme. And like it wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. It was just just the right amount for what what it was going for. But yeah, I, I, like I could see like mod support for this, like the Stacklands feels very much like a a great uh, card platform. Yeah. For other stuff, and like the base game of Stacklands is great. I like it a lot. Um, but like when so you know I think like Colin, you've played a lot more tabletop simulator than I have. Yeah. But like how like to me tabletop simulator is like somewhat frustrating with like how the cards move around it doesn't feel very tactile it's very finicky yeah whereas like this like functionally like visually looks exactly like tabletop simulator the physics of the cards bouncing around was very smooth Mm -hmm. like it, it never did things that i didn't expect I sometimes it did things that I found annoying, like this card moved and it bumped this card and it bumped this card. And I was like, ah, but I, it was always like, I could see a very clear chain of like why they all moved, like the physics of the cards moving around and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very smooth to, to like grab stuff. I, I think that you could build, you could build a different game or not even a different game. You could build a, that, you could turn this game into a a more true roguelike mm-hmm. where you did have different paths you could go down. So there's a whole second half of this game that we haven't talked about at all, where you send your dudes to an island and you basically start the game over again with slightly different resources and you eventually get the ability to take your villagers back and forth. Um, I did a little bit of that and I was like, this is just the same game again with yeah. very slightly different things. Um, but you could you could have a a path like that where you you know you're, you're you're picking up your stuff every once in a while and you're moving on to something else uh and you're 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 sending out something to get resources and and trading back and forth for something along those lines mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't think it would be yeah you could make a mod for it pretty easily with just changing values of the of the the systems that they already have in place. I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I've got nine point two hours into this game. I lost. I, I think I, I thought I was uh, gonna beat the the, the dark uh, forest or whatever. I thought I was fighting the witch nest, but I or next, but I like miscalculated like that. I was actually on uh, turn nine instead of ten, and so I sent the wrong mix of dudes. They all got wiped. I'm just like I can't be bothered to watch all those progress bars to regenerate and that was the end for me so i don't know did you like uh, scott did you finish the game i got 9.2 hours into it and that was pretty much I- i'm good i don't want any mods i'm just i'm done with it for me but that's yeah i think um i've only put maybe like five or six hours into mm-hmm. it so far but like like colin said like for me it's been very much a like wind down for the day kind of day- game like you know after dinner evening news is on like i'll put you know like half-assedly like play some stack lands and watch little progress bars go by and like oh there's a portal i gotta go beat up the portal guys but and then like i get like super super excited into it um but no i haven't i haven't gotten to the point of 
so I built a temple. I haven't gotten the goblet for the temple to get like one of the main main bosses yet, but I'm on I think the like the last stage of the dark forest. And I think I'm like I'm like still trying to figure out the um like the villager management like HP sequence of like, you know, you send your villagers into the thing, they get like brutalized down to like five hit points out of 20 or something like okay like i'll swap the gear out to my fresh guys and let the other ones kind of like regen for a few turns uh and then send those guys back into the portal for the next next uh next wave i think that's where i'm at right now and i'm still like relatively engaged by the process but yeah i think like what colin's saying about how you know you you basically kind of like do this same sort of theme i i i do want to like point out that like at some point you you get like what are they like destination cards or something there's like a mountain there's yeah. a graveyard it's like seven like, or so yeah yeah there's like these different like biome cards i guess that you you put a villager on to like explore <laughs> and like they will like shoot out like oh they they found a rock or they found like some armor or they <laughs> found a gold or you know they encountered yeah. a skeleton like i i kind of like that mechanic like i thought that was that was pretty fun or at least like the first you know few times that i've seen it so far um yeah, I don't I don't know that I have like enough motivation to like see this game to the end of like the island stage specifically. I do see a lot of like pictures of people's uh bases from like the Stackland subreddit or on their Discord of like, you know, they they have like um there's a lot more kind of like almost factorio level management things where yeah, you can get the cranes and the glue and yeah. stuff. And I don't know if I really really want to go that deep. I might go as far as like beating like the demon lord of like the main the main village kind of scenario. And I think that might be as far as I take it. But I'm I'm intrigued to get that far. And yeah, I think like so far for me, it's been a relatively chill process to do so. I played it for like four hours in a row one day, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> like I it engaged me enough that I was like I I did like watching those progress bars go up and I did like the feeling of uh, like I like engine building and I think that it had a it's a simple engine builder but it did it was a pretty smooth it was a little slower than I would have liked but it was a pretty smooth engine build up for the for the, the beginning part especially once once you get into like the mid game I felt like I had a good time like trying to figure out how to build a factorio factory in a system that's not meant to be that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, but it like in a good way. Yeah. Like it was a Zen build up your, your little base and eventually you get to, to fight something at the end. It's like a factorio game for, for like, and I mean this in a good yeah. way, like like middle schoolers or little kids where it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, low violent, but like creative and like fun and cute enough that like, you know, you're not building flamethrowers to like massacre like billions yeah. of bugs and destroy. I'm already engineering things at work. I don't like to come home <laughs> always. I don't always like to come home and play a thing that's actually harder engineering in uh -huh. Factorio than what I'm doing for money. Uh, sometimes it's nice to come back and just be like, Hey, it's like my day job, but easy mm -hmm. and just peaceful. And I don't have to worry about messing stuff up. I just, you know, can build my little farm, build my stacks of apples, feed all my little villagers and uh, go fight some, some goblins. 
also just uh, as a recommendation like and i want to plug this too because I've, I've got 95 i think hours into this game and i thought it was like similar wait, wait, wait. to what you guys are talking about into oh, yeah, this game about to okay. plug. <laughs> i was like uh, wait a minute stackland's pro over here uh medieval dynasty if you want like a chill game where it is like minor sort of connecting things and like little like you know factorialization of things mm-hmm. and uh it's it's the 3d sort of like version of uh, a village builder i thought that game was uh really chill and fun so hmm. might check it out i don't know colin i think I, you didn't actually play it or did you i i have not played it okay I, yeah i think I, I it's on my list of like it's not rated very I, high but i i should i should play when i get around to it should we go ahead and rate uh this game yeah let's let's move on to so. rankings uh i'll start first i i really liked Stacklands, or at least what i've been uh, played of it so far uh I think for me, this is my new number three game, uh, just edging out Invisible Ink and just behind Binding of Isaac. It has that, like, like it's it's definitely hooked me more than Invisible Ink does. I think, like, production value-wise, Invisible Ink is a much better and, like, much, uh, like, fully featured game. But, like, getting into that, like, flow state of, like, oh, I can't wait to see what, like, this thing does. Or, like, it's just, it's, like, such an interesting and different experience in a in a venue that I've seen before. But, like, just the way that it's kind of executed and its charm has has really kind of stuck with me. So, for me, it's number three behind Binding of Isaac and ahead of Invisible Ink. I guess I'll go ahead and jump in. I see that Colin is just now filling in his, his yes. score, so... <laughs> Um, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10, um, which with the games we've played so far, the uh, we're up to 12. We've got a dozen games under our hats yeah. so far, but with these uh, 12 games, that puts it at number four behind um, number one's Invisible. And then I guess I have a tie for FTL and Binding of Isaac Rebirth for number two um, and two and three, I guess. So um, yeah, a decent, uh, decent game for, for for what we've played. I think it's worth, <laughs> it was worth, it was worth about the nine hours I put into it. Like I had yep. a, it was engaging. But now I'm I got uh, I kind of got it pretty quick I think relative to um, uh, other games that have you know I like I like a 20 hour game I think should be a good baseline I say that but then I think about the Stanley Parable and I think well that's not true so it's it's a fine game it's a fine yeah. game. I, I laugh because after this whole this whole uh, episode uh, in the actual ranking of games my my ranking is lower than Will's which is not <laughs> what I would have thought but I think that's just because my average ranking of all the other games is is higher uh i i this is my my five out of 12 game uh right behind din's curse which is the diablo wow and right ahead of pineapple smash crew which was another kind of like zen flow state game that mm-hmm. you, you guys that i liked more than you guys but uh, I liked. I'll, I'll still go to bat for Pineapple Smash crew i think i had a great two hour two three hours playing that game i yeah. deeply enjoyed them i don't know if it's like a great game but no, I think like this is right above. I, I'd say this game falls in solidly above my threshold of games that I liked. Like I would say, yeah. If someone said, "Hey, should I get this game?" I'd be like, "Yeah, you'll probably like it." If you're looking at it and wondering if you'll like it, yes, probably you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it it minus the card theme, it does what it says it is. It's uh, build a little village out of cards. Um, it did that and it was an enjoyable experience to do it. Yeah. I agree. My, my threshold is six out of 10. Like if anything's a five or below, 
five that just don't play, but 6.5, that's in the, okay, I can recommend this. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other two games, I think we're at 7.5s or, or something or thereabouts. I don't know, an eight for invisible. So it's pretty good. Well, you can find all of those detailed statistics on our handy dandy website, grogpod.zone. Uh, you can, you can follow us on Mastodon. We got a, we got a new Mastodon follower, by the way, it's happening. The snowball <laughs> is happening. You all laughed. You doubted. <laughs> Elon's kingdom is grumbling one follower at a time. <laughs> what what manner of beast is it? Is it like a is it a smaller mastodon that's following us? Is it uh, like what what the the little like scrabbling creature from uh, Ice Age? We're we gonna have a, a string of little uh, uh, saber tooth tigers following us. Uh, uncertain, but uh, <laughs> but uh, if you want to send an email into the show and have us have us read it out, uh, you can reach out to us at grogpodzone at gmail.com. Uh, we have to figure out what what our next episode here is. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if Colin wants to to flip his his mega coin again or me rolling my dice. I got my dice box out just in case, but uh. That that coin is just it's it's too it looks like a Soviet war medal that just doesn't have a ribbon attached to it. Yeah. All right. So we got one side we got uh the front of an airplane, and on the back side we have uh a turbine and turbine engine. So that's fine, I guess. Uh mm-hmm. so I think we what did we narrow it so, down? Well, yeah, so our randomizer shot out desktop dungeons, black book, and risk of rain one. But I think we like in our deliberations, we wound up like kept trying to hype up. Like, I think we've like hyped up Cogmind like for two or three episodes now. So we're like, okay, well, we got to at least give it a, a shot and we'll put it into the roguelike nature of the coin flip method. But I think we'll, we'll keep Black Book in the uh, backlog for the moment. Uh, and we're going to have a, a coin flip off between Risk of Rain one or Cogmind. Do we? Wait, Come on, which cog mind. Come on. <laughs> which you're right. crazy because like, yeah. You, I'm going to say risk of rain is airplane cockpit and cog airplane. mind is turbine engine. Come on, mm. cockpit. Okay, here comes the flip. There it goes. Cog mind. Cog mind. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, now I forget. Which one did I say? You what, say cockpit. Cockpit was cog mind? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What? I, I, oh, why would I you do that to me? Wait a minute. No, no, that's that's. We can't. What is this? Oh no! Oh no! Will has to play one of the greatest roguelike games of all time now. I played oh, no. it. It's a terrible game. It's one of well, the worst maybe, games maybe of all time. Risk of rain. Risk of rain. It is. Risk How many hours one. do I have to put into this? You have to put in fifty-five thousand hours. You only put you put five into the. Uh, I don't know if I can do five. I can put like maybe a couple. Well, you can put however many you get hours you want, and it could just be the the Scott and Colin show talking about yes, uh, a, a fun a fun side scroller. You can talk about um... side scrollers. You know, we, like this might be an impetus for us to try to get uh, Will to like play it with like do, Colin. Do you think Risk of Rain One is good with local multiplayer, or is it better solo? Oh, I've never played it with multiplayer. Uh, I don't know if it's worth trying or if that would be a better experience. We could try it out. But yeah, like, I mean, we do have the option of like local multiplayer also. And like if an in-person multiplayer experience is better than online or whatever. I think the online for Risk of Rain 1 is supposed to be kind of janky, which kind of wouldn't surprise me. But my computer is very immobile. I 
not sure I, uh, a, a local party. Well, so I tested, I tested this at the board game con over the weekend where I brought my, my steam deck and four Xbox controllers and it works, believe it or oh. not, it does work. Uh, and I think so risk of brain just... one is probably low, low resource enough to like big screen it. Yeah. Play through steam deck. Yeah. Wait, um, wait, to... Now that you're say- saying this, like, uh-huh. can I, I know we've just decided, but Streets of Rogue, is that one still going to be pushed that, off into the, because yeah, that's a like, similar sort of thing that I haven't played and that might actually be good. <laughs> Streets of Rogue is, I yeah, I think that game is also very good. Uh, but we're, it's, is it decided? It sounds like you've got the tone of it decided. Well, I think we're decided. Uh, on we'll, sign off, we'll sign off with Risk of Rain. And uh, if, uh, if we come in next episode with a different game, I would be shocked, but I, I want to play Risk of Rain. I liked it. Yeah. I think Risk Will, of Rain. Well, yeah. you go find your own game and you can you can play it. Just uh we have like a special Will segment where you talk I just about rant the, about the the the, the down the how side scrollers are the worst uh, way of having fun ever. <laughs> that sounds sure. great. I love that. Yeah. Welcome to the Slay the Spire corner again with Will Wright. <laughs> Episode 2,795. Today we're going to be exploring the archetype of, oh, well, yeah, that's, that'll be a lot of fun. Is it or is it not a block card? <laughs> Indeed. Shiv. All Shiv deck. Oh, Lord. All claw. No. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that's going to do it for our Stacklands episode slash half the time us talking about Risk of Rain 1 and or Cogmine. Uh, join, us, join us next time. We will definitely be talking about Risk of Rain 1, much to will's malignment he's gonna come around to it he's it's gonna be he's if he doesn't if we can convince will to not hate the game i think it'll count as a moral victory but i'm gonna try to i'm gonna gonna put myself in the shoes of some unfortunate soul like yourself and try and enjoy it and we'll see what happens yeah and we'll we'll try and dive into the depths of will's mind to understand why he hates side spoilers all right until then yep until then see you next time